Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so happy to see you here today. And my guest, Sherry Dunleavy, is going to bring a lot of information to us. We have lots in common and we're going to have a great conversation. So, Sherry, would you like to introduce yourself to us? Sure. I call myself an inspirationista. (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) What the heck is that? But honestly, we both share grief journey. And after my grief journey, I just really want to inspire people to embrace the life that they have, love it and live it and live with purpose and passion and joy so that you can make an impact. I'm, I'm so passionate about that. I, I, that's the message I want to shout to the rooftops. That's so important. That's, that's really kind of basically my thing too, with grief and happiness, because it seems like people want to condemn you to sorrow for the rest of your life when they realize that you've lost someone and it, it makes it kind of difficult to struggle through. But if you can see that you can be happy, then it can make all the difference in the world. And if you can grant yourself that permission, yes. right? Yes. That is the, the hard work. So I always tell people, if you can't grant yourself the permission, then I grant it for you. Okay. <laughs> Good for <laughs> like, you. I'm gonna, but, but I really encourage people people, especially women to write your own permission slip and see, I lost a child and oh my gosh. I mean, I think Emily going through uh, the pandemic. And so everyone has been getting their grief support online. And I don't know about you, but if you've gone into any of these online support groups, they can depress the life out of you. Do not take my grief away from me. How dare you? If you even suggest that you find happiness or joy or that you can transform that pain into something of purpose and meaning and even dare to say happy, joy, or smile, they want to rip your eyes out, (laughs) rip your hair out. Like it's, you don't take away my grief. And That is depressing, especially if you're new to a grief journey and you see that. And honestly, when I lost my son all those years ago, we didn't have those kinds of support groups. And I'm so thankful that we didn't because if I thought I had to go through life feeling miserable the rest of my life, I don't know how long I would have wanted to go on living. I agree. I know a, a very similar experience when uh, my husband shock died. They didn't have all the online stuff at, at that point. And so mm-hmm. I was really kind of trying to wing it on my own. And it was a challenge because I didn't mm-hmm. really have some place to go to. I knew about one on ground grief support group, but I'd also heard that that was one of the kind that you would sit around and everybody cried. And I thought, I, I don't need that right now. I need to be lifted up. I need to be held. I, I don't need to wallow in my sorrow. I do enough of that on my own. So I, I discovered other ways that, that I was helping myself with Mm -hmm. grieving and thought, I've got to share this with people. And that's kind of how everything started to evolve for me. How, how did it start for you? How were you inspired to do what you did? 
Well, I was I was a television news anchor when all of this happened. Um, mm. I so it was very public, right? Wow. I um, I was pregnant. Then we had complications, and I was away from the news desk for a while um, because I had to be on bed rest. And then I gave birth to Brandon, and then he only lived twenty nine days. And then I, I remember so vividly, I was at his bedside and he, he was starting to go downhill and I had to leave him in the hospital and go throw a birthday party for my other son, three years oh, old. Wow! And I, uh, that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Right. Wow. And they, and they called me during the party and told me they got him regulated and that, you know, he was stable, but still he, he only lived 29 days. And, And so it was very hard to go back to work and present the day's news. And I tried to do that for for another year and it just did not. I I just couldn't do it anymore. I needed to go home. I needed to grieve. I needed to be with my other son. But we did find a support group. And the support group was for people who have lost infants and children and miscarriage and stillbirth. So it was for this group of people. So I was with a group of people that got it, that understood. And that truly, because I think that sometimes you have to tell your story in order to process it, in order to heal. But there comes a time that you start telling your story over and over and over and over and over. And it's like, I, it got to that point where I was feeling worse after I left mm-hmm. than I was when I walked in. And I told my husband, I need, I need to leave. Mm-hmm. And he said, why? And I said, because I don't want to have to ball my eyes out every other Tuesday of the month. And, and, and into that, you have everybody else coming in with their stories. And so you're absorbing a little bit more of their pain too. Right. And so when I was thinking about this a couple of years ago, I thought, well, what was that? And I said, well, I was ready to graduate. The problem is I had nowhere to go. I was ready to start living my life. I was ready to start enjoying my life. I was ready to step into my life, but I didn't have the tools to know how to do that. I had a lot of guilt and fear and some anxiety and no one really to show me how to do that. I tried counseling, but I realized that counselors, if they are not, or therapists, if they are not trained in grief, they probably haven't had training in grief. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, you rely on, you know, a very spiritual person, religious person, but it wasn't, you know, like, yes, it gave me some peace to know that, you know, he was in heaven or, you know, in the arms of Jesus. But when you want him in your arms, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And so I needed to surround myself with encouraging people. I needed a community that was going to uplift me and not try to pull me back into my pain that was going to allow me and encourage me to smile and have joy again. I needed that kind of support. I needed tools and I needed to learn. I needed personal and spiritual development, truthfully. And I needed to have my own relationship with God um, in order to do that. And so that's kind of what I tried to offer others. And I needed to complete this grief. I needed to give myself the permission to complete this process and carry the best parts of my son and the experience with me. 
That's right. I was always somebody always asking me when when does grief get over, and I always say, you know, if you love somebody, you're you're going to be grieving the rest of your life, but you you don't have to be in the the sad part. You just hold them in your heart and remember the good things and how much you love them, and you don't have to stay stuck in that place where where as you said, you're bawling your eyes out all the time and trying to to function in the world, right. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have those waves of pain, oh, sure. you know, like when, when I tell people, you know, well, if you graduate from your grief, well, first of all, you never forget them. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to make you forget them. That's and right. secondly, you, you aren't going to forget them, but it doesn't mean that you're never going to feel pain again. Like you're mm-hmm. done. I'm done now. I'm not going to feel anything. That's ludicrous. We're human beings. <laughs> this is how we operate. So. But it is possible. I guess what I'm saying is you can graduate from the pain and suffering. Yes. You can graduate from the pain and suffering or you can you can identify with it. And, you you know, and that was the one thing I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be seen as that poor news anchor who could never get over the death of her child. And she had to leave TV and she couldn't. And I just didn't want people to see me as a victim. I'm I'm not a victim. I'm a mother who was blessed enough to have my son, Brandon, for 29 days, that was the amount of what his life was supposed to be. And I've accepted that and I've taken that with me and I've been able to, you know, share him and his life is still making an impact 22 years later. So every life, and he never left the hospital, but yet I'm still speaking about him. So his life mattered and it made an impact and everybody's does. And if you're, if you are so attached to that grief and that pain, that's how people are going to remember you. And that's the impact you're going to make on the world. And is that what you want? Is that why you were created? I don't think so. Oh, I I totally agree with you there. That just, I, I found that especially when I had a second husband die, People were kind of and weren't sure they wanted to, to be around me and like I might rub off on them or something. And that made it even harder. It, it was it was that way with my first husband, though, that as long as as long as he was alive, he he had been dealing with serious health issues for a couple of years before he died. And when he first got really sick, people started coming around. They'd visit him in the hospital. They'd visit him at home. They'd call him on the phone and they were there all the time. And the longer he stayed sick the less they came around. So two years after that started, when we were at the point where he was on his way out, there was nobody. Mm. And I I just thought, this is like cruel. (laughs) You know, what happened to all these people who were supposed to be our friends? That that they were just kind of gone at that point. So when Ron died, I'm I'm not going to do it that way again. I've got to... I have found a way to leave, lead a positive life. I have learned to live in the moment, which I wasn't doing before. And when, when I really concentrate on the moment, I can smile and I can be happy and it can be okay. And sure, I miss both those guys. They were both fabulous, totally different. Couldn't have been more different. And if they, it just wasn't possible for them to be more different, but they were both perfect for, for me, to, for us to be together at the time we were together. And when I tell people now that I'm happier now than I ever have been, they think "Mm, that's kind of an odd thing to say. Suspect, right? Yeah. (laughs) What's wrong with you? (laughs) 
<laughs> but I am. I am because everything's in perspective. Yeah. And you drop a lot of things that aren't important to you anymore, right? Mm-hmm. But let's go back to what happened when your husband died because your first husband, mm-hmm. that is not a, an uncommon thing. And after our son died, my husband and I lost three of our closest friends. Uh, And it was devastating. You know how devastating that is. What I found is that that's not uncommon. And it's not uncommon through sickness. It's not uncommon through grief. It's not uncommon uh, when you lose a job or when you get a divorce. When life becomes complicated, you truly see who will step up and be with you in the bad times and the good times. And I thought about this for years. And this is this is why I wrote my book, How Can I Help? Because I thought if there is someone out there that, first of all, you're not contagious, okay? Mm-hmm. So they, they act like you're contagious or that your grief is contagious. Like if I've lost my child, oh my gosh, then um, Sherry lost her child and maybe I'll lose mine or well, I can't even deal with this, right? Or it's, I don't know what to do or say, so I'm just going to back away. This is too painful for me, right? Like this is about me, not about stepping out in love and supporting them. Or the other is that I'm afraid that if I do show up, if I do come, I'll start crying and I'll make things worse or I'll make them cry. And so I'm just going to avoid it. And I thought if there was just some kind of resource out there to show people what they could do, tell them what they could do give them words to say, give them actions that they could do that could really make a difference that would be comfortable for them. If you're not comfortable, you know, with face-to-face, then call, make phone calls. You know, if you're not, but I gave so many people options and I interviewed so many people that have gone through things and I collected their answers and put it into my book. How can I help? It's a go-to guide for helping loved ones through life's difficulties. Because you just said it, Emily, you just said it was devastating. We felt so alone. It was cruel. I don't think people realize that them not stepping out is cruelty. Mm -hmm. It's cruel. It really is. It it, it feels that way. I I think... We have so much in common. The, the more you talk, the more I can see that, that things are similar. Because after uh, Jacques died, there weren't really that many books to read. And Jacques was interesting because he was a philosophy professor and his specialty was bioethics. And he, he taught the required class for all the nursing students and dealing with death and dying. And so that was his career was all about death and dying and was very well known for that. And well, I, I just thought that it was going to be different because I was more familiar with death and dying than most people. I'd been a nurse. I uh, worked in my family's ambulance company from the time I was 14 years old and saw things nobody wants to see. And I thought I, I had a pretty good perspective on it, but it was like nobody else had a good perspective on it. And so when, when uh, Ron died, the internet was there. I started looking at groups and had the same sort of experience you described. And I thought, well, I, I'll, I'll read. There's, I didn't think there were that many books out there until I started looking and there were so many. And unfortunately, I didn't run across yours because all the ones I ran across were ones that were I'm sure they were very helpful for the authors when they wrote them. They, they were memoirs, mostly. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure it did them a lot of good to write it, but it wasn't really helping me right. by reading it. And I just felt that it what I wanted to help other people. Yes, 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 yes. And so that's basically what, what my book is. There's each each chapter's on a different subject. So they can, and I talked to lots of people too, like you did, and incorporated that in. And on each chapter with the subject, I give them something actively to do to help mm-hmm. them. And it, it's, it's made a big difference. And it helped me a whole lot to write that book because I was working through each of those things as I was writing about it. And I've been a, a writer forever. I've, I've uh, taught writing at the university level for over 30 years. So writing's my, my thing. Mm-hmm. And it seemed just naturally natural to me to write about it. But I've also been teaching uh, grieving people to write about uh, oh, yeah, different things that have to do with grief, and that has been so powerful, so amazing. I just, I love what I'm doing now. I really do. I, I see a difference it's making, and it's yeah. exciting. And it is exciting, and I think more people need to hear that it's it's possible. It's it's possible, but you know, I think that there's two myths that you carry your grief always, or you carry the pain always, or this is as good as it's going to get. And then the second one is that time heals all wounds. And so people sit back and they wait. Yeah. They do nothing. And you have to be proactive. Mm -hmm. You have to be proactive. You have to, and you have to be willing to, to deal with those feelings and emotions that come up. And if you're not, then unfortunately I can't help you because I can't do your work. But I can show you what worked for me and I can help you with that, you know. And so I think that that's wonderful what you did. And like I said, my it's not my life story. A part of my story is in it so that yeah. you can understand why it's written. But this isn't about me. This is about you <laughs> helping you get through this and, and, and step up and support someone. And now the graduating grief academy and the graduating grief community that my community is different my grief community is different because when you come in and you are feeling you know a sad feeling or a sad emotion my members are not going to be pulling you back into the rabbit hole of grief and despair my members are going to say oh my gosh that's that's horrible that you're feeling that way emily when that, ha- I felt like that too. And when that happened to me, this is what I did. Maybe try this and see if that helps. That's a big difference. Huge. Just big huge. difference. Then when I think the last time I went into one of those groups, of there was a, a mother who lost her child like five years ago. Get used to it. It's like living with the dagger in your heart the rest of your oh life. Oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, oh, you're doing so much damage because- oh if, even if that's your truth, it doesn't have to be anyone else's if they don't want it to be. And I think that you need to find those people, those other people that say, I want my life back too. I, I want this too. And so many times you're, you're afraid to even admit that because it's so offensive to everybody else. Or they're so new in their grief journey that they can't even... They can't even fathom that you would think that for a moment, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why I, I set it up as an academy with like a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior level. So the juniors are not with the freshmen because if what we're talking about in the junior level about rebuilding your life and redesigning a life that you love, right? And having people get excited about it. If someone's back at this freshman level, 
that is just it. I don't even want to hear that. Do you know what I mean? Like how, how could you do that? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you can't put those people in the same pot. <laughs> so, so tell me how you do this. Are you doing it on ground or online or do you have the, the different levels meet in different groups? How does it work? Well, so I have the freshman level. The freshman level is called my grief journey. And it's for people that are new to grief. Mm-hmm. This is their very first and you don't even know what day it is. And you don't even know, you know, you can't even get through these feelings. And so it's not even a book. It's a video course with a workbook. Mm. So that oh. if you have brain fog and you're reading the same paragraph 15 times, right? And I've been there. Mm-hmm. I know <laughs> um, what you're talking about. <laughs> but you can push play. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and you have me talking to you and explaining what's going on and telling you it's okay and planting those seeds of hope and healing, but helping you process your feelings, telling you what, that this is a full body experience, helping you connect spiritually. So that's a six video series that you do by yourself. And then if that's enough, and for some people that may be, but then I have the grief completion. That's an eight week finite support group where you complete your grief and set the stage for rebuilding your life. So that's the sophomore level. It's called my healing journey. So I want to heal, right? And then my transformation journey is the junior level. And that's where we talk about rebuilding. We, we do some personal and spiritual development here. And we decide what we want because so many of us especially women, have given our all to our spouse or our child or our career or our, and if that ends, we don't even know who we are. I've had some people that don't even know their favorite color or what their favorite food is because they have been eating and preparing everybody else's, right? So like sometimes we have to get back to the basics of even who am I and what do I want and what is important to me? Because sometimes things drop away. They're not important to you anymore. And so this is where we spend the most time. And then the senior level is my journey back to joy. And that's where we travel together and we experience together and we laugh together. And it's a workshop retreat, but it's based on let's go have fun now. And we all have been in a similar place of darkness. And now let's enjoy the light. Wow. That's what I've launched. And that's what I'm so excited about. That's fabulous. I, I love the whole context of it and how, how you've addressed so much that doesn't seem to be addressed in a lot of ways out there. And in, in anything that I've looked through, I've been trying to find other things that work, that are successful, that people can really gain from. And this just sounds so fabulous. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, It's been a labor of love, but it has come at a very high price. (laughs) As I was telling you before this interview started is that I felt very called to it. Um, I've always felt called to help women, right? Mm -hmm. But, and I kept saying, God, I don't want to work in grief. I just don't want to work in grief. I don't want to, I don't want to identify with the pain because I'm such an empath, right? I said, but I, I want to help. So how, I know you're calling me to this. So what am I supposed to do? And through prayer meditation, the answer came back to me, Sherry, there are enough experts doing the, the work that you don't want to do. So why don't I want you to be the one to shine the light on hope and healing. 
That's where I want you to do. When someone's in their darkest place, I want you up there with the light going, hey, your life's up here. Follow me. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Right. And so if I can stay in that space, I think that that's needed because I don't think we see that very much in grief work. No, I I don't think so either. I've heard such stories about one person who went to somebody who was supposed to be a a good grief therapist, and it turned out that that person hadn't experienced any grief herself, which (laughs) always is a question to me, like, how can can you really relate to this if if you don't have some personal experience someplace? But she she said something like, well, that happened like over a year ago. Can't you just get over it? And I thought, that's a counselor? I don't need a counselor if that's what they're going to tell me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's it's hard to walk into a situation where you don't know what kind of situation you're walking into. That just because yeah. it, it says that they're a grief counselor after their name doesn't mean that they would have a philosophy that's similar to you. Right. You have right. to find a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a couple of counselors and and I got a little off track on what I was saying, but when I was designing this course, you know, I've gone through three grief journeys just this year yes. uh, that I, I lost my dog. And for a lot of people, I just want to let people know it is a very real and intense grief. If you have a close relationship with your dog and my dog, I think I put all the nurturing I couldn't give to my baby into this dog, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he died unexpectedly in my arms, that grief was real. That grief was raw. And I had just started this, right? This this academy and I'm like, "Oh my gosh," right? And so then 3 months later my dad went into the hospital and 6 weeks later he died. And I was supposed to be filming these videos that I was doing. And I'm like, I I can't do it. Right. Um, Mm. I had to to put it on hold again. And finally I had to do my grief work. I had to complete this and, and, and work through this. And I'm by, and I'm still grieving. I just want people to know. And then at the end of last month, my, my best friend and college roommate just died for no reason. I mean, no reason. And so it's like, oh my gosh. And I know I'm not alone in this. And especially these times people are losing like entire families right now. But, and I don't want to say that I think that this had to happen, but because this has happened as I've designed this, I believe in it now more than ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I know it's need um, and it's necessity more than ever, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It is, it's so needed. I'm just thrilled about the the work I'm doing with people because I I see smiles where people weren't smiling. You know, I see people being able to exhale when they've been not able to do that so much. And, and they're just, they're kind of surprised sometimes. And it's kind of, kind of fun to see when they, you can see that awakening that I, I can be okay. I can survive this and I do have support beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah that shift when you see that it it just it it, like it gives you chills yeah 
And I, I think too that the peer support is so important because like you and I are both peers mm-hmm. to uh, people that are having these experiences. My first pregnancy lasted halfway through. And the last month I was in bed for the, mm-hmm. the whole month and then it was over. And back in those days, I didn't know anybody who had had a miscarriage. I thought there was something incredibly wrong with me for that to have happened. Doctor didn't talk to me about it. I didn't have any friends, any anybody to talk about. I couldn't find anything to read about it because in those days, they didn't write about things like that. And it, it was pretty horrific. I, I really thought that I must have done something terribly wrong to cause that to happen. And it, it took me a, a long time to, to uh, deal with that. And even after I had I have two children and af- after I had them, I finally started to go, okay, it, it just happened. And later on when my kids were, oh, maybe almost junior high school age, I started hearing from other mothers about how they had had a miscarriage. And I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Why didn't anybody tell me this before? I thought I was the one. And it's so important. If I could have had somebody to talk to that said, you know, you, you can get through this. It happens to more of us than you have any idea. But we just didn't talk about it then. So I'm just on a campaign to talk about whatever we need to talk about to help us peers, people who can really relate to what's happening to something genu- genuinely can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. And I commend you for your podcast and making this conversation. We have to normalize this conversation. These conversations are conversations that we don't have. There's no need to suffer in silence and there's no need to suffer forever. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, oh, and sometimes it just does pile on. I, boy, I feel for you with this year. That's, that's a whole lot to, to carry and deal with at the same time. It is. And um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey for me. But I'm determined because I know that it's important. And so I always tell people we journey together. We might mm-hmm. not be on the same place on the path, but we, we journey together. And, and I, and I always tell people in my group, we journey together and we're journeying to joy and make no doubt about it, that we're not going to leave you stuck. So we're going to lift you up and we're going to support you until you can start walking again, but we are moving in this direction. If you're here, this is where we're moving you to. We're not going to allow you. I say, if you lay, you decay. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) It's a graphic. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you just don't, you can't, you can't, you have to get up. You have to, you know, maybe like when I thought about graduating grief, you know, of course you think about it, you know, graduating to a next level, but I'm thinking even like the graduating of darkness to light mm-hmm. and the graduating of, of lying down and, and so dark and so in pain. And then finally, maybe you can lift your head and then you can lift your body and, and then you can sit up and, then you can kneel and then you can step up and then you can turn to the light and then you can start taking steps, you know, mm-hmm. and then you can run, but you can't go from lying on the floor to running, right? You can't yeah. do that. So that's a gradual, but you can't stay lying down either. That's right. You can't, um, you can't stop what has happened. So you, you know, the, the suffering comes when you want it any other way. 
Yeah. And that's where a lot of people, I can't, if I can't have, I have, you know, I have a friend, if I can't have my husband, I just don't, I just don't want to live. And I'm sorry that she feels that way, but I can't help her until she chooses to see it another way, you know, and that makes me sad. It does, but it is a choice. And you kind of have to honor where people are Mm -hmm. and, and keep being the example and showing, shining that light you were talking about Mm -hmm. so that they've got something to move toward. But some people just, just aren't ready. I had this situation after Chuck died, I never thought I was going to get married again. Hadn't even thought about dating. You know, that was just Mm -hmm. not in my frame of reference. And I was very surprised when I, I kind of fell into this relationship with Ron and for a long time, I, I had a hard time allowing myself to get close to him because I didn't feel unmarried. Oh. Because, you know, yeah. they say until death do you part in traditional vows. And we didn't say traditional vows to each other when we got married. But still, you know, when you get divorced, you, you have a line, you know, after this date, you're not married anymore. But when when you love someone and they die, you don't feel like they disappear from your heart and your life and everything. So it was, it was very hard for me to adjust to allow myself to get as close as I ultimately did become with Ron. And I think what kind of brought it to a head was one day when he said something about my ex-husband and I said, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> there's no ex here. <laughs> You yeah, know, we, we can't call him that. You can call him my husband who died, but he is not my ex-husband. And that opened the door for us to have the conversation that I didn't even realize that we needed to have until that happened. But how blessed that you know that to help others that with the same thing. So now you have that life experience and you can say, I understand this. Oh my gosh, you, your marriage did not end. Your husband died. hmm a difference there is a difference a huge difference you know some people say but how can you love two people at the same time you know even whether they're not here or not and I said well how many kids do you have you know because nobody thinks anything of loving 12 kids if they have 12 children you know you can you can love as many children as you want to so you can love as many husbands as you want to too it's different with each one of them it's a different time in your life with each one of them but that doesn't make the love any less because there's more than one. It's unique. It's unique. Mm-hmm. Each each situation of any kind of love is unique. Yes. Yes. I I that's some great insight. Thank you. Love that. I mean, just because I'm trying to support my mother through this. So it's 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 nice to have that insight because I don't I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I will say, you know, and and just as each relationship is different, I'm sure that each grief journey was different mm-hmm. how you grieve and Absolutely. you know and this is the other thing too just because we have knowing and we have done work to work through you know one grief the pain of one grief <laughs> you know it doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt <laughs> that's right that's you right. know just because you your your brain knows what's going on mm-hmm. now your heart is still destroyed yes and you have to work on healing that yeah. yeah. And and you'll find as, as you're learning lessons along the way that you'll be able to apply them 
as, as time goes on, you might not realize it at that moment, but then later on you'll go, oh yeah, I remember when that happened and I did make it through, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I did get to the, the next place and, and it was okay and it is okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not easy, but it's so worth it. Would you not agree? Absolutely. Well, as I said earlier, I I really am happier now than I ever have been because I feel like I've got a lot of things figured out that I didn't even realize I need to figure out before. That's a beautiful gift. It is. It's it's really fabulous. And it and you know what what I think I always want people to because I always say there's there's gifts within your experience. There are always gifts. There's always lessons. And when you're in the very early stages of grief, you don't want to hear that. I don't want lessons. I want, mm-hmm. you know, and that is understandable. Yeah, it you truly, want it to be over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they want it to be over. And, and the thing is, is that, well, I want, I want my son or I want my, well, I'm glad that I have the gifts, that I got the gifts from it, but I didn't have a choice like, oh, blessings or my son's life. I wasn't having that, didn't get that choice. So it wasn't like, well, I wouldn't trade my son for that. Well, I didn't trade mine either. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> I didn't choose this. No one would choose this, but it happened. And I have to accept that it happened. And because it happened, I can either spend my whole life asking why, or I can focus on what now, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to be doing with this now? And what am I supposed to be doing now? What's my next step? You know, so, you know, it's not a trade-off. It's not an either or. It's doing the best you can, but, no, and, and I say too, you know, Emily, the thing that I know, you know, the, the pain is still there, but what I know now versus what I didn't know then makes all the difference. Yes. I know I will be okay. Mm-hmm. I know that I will be okay. And I didn't know that the first time around. Yeah. And that's, that's so important that people don't hear anything else in what we said today. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so important to, to know that you, you will be okay. You might not feel like it right now, but you will get through this. You will. And that's why we'll, we'll, we'll both of us are willing to help, you know, like we will journey together, but we're not letting you stay. That's right. <laughs> That's not doing any good for you. So yeah. Wow. Well, this has been an absolutely fabulous conversation. Tell us where we can get your book and your podcast and all that sort of thing. It's Graduating Grief, the Graduating Grief podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google podcast. Um, you can go to graduatinggrief.com. I have a free quiz that people can take. So where are where am I in my grief journey? I don't know. Go to graduatinggrief.com slash quiz. You can take a free quiz. It will tell you where you are on your grief journey. Oh, cool. And then- you know, I can do an evaluation with you and we can talk through it and and see where you want to go. But that's what, you know, I I love that. So graduatinggrief.com, sherrydunlevy.com and the Graduating Grief Podcast. That's great. And I will have those links in the show notes uh, below this recording so that everybody can get to them easily and contact you and read your book and listen to your blog and go to the Graduating Grief Academy. Yes. Thank you very much. It has been a wonderful conversation. It's so nice to find other people who are shining the light on hope and healing too, Emily. That's, it's so important. I just, it's, I'm thrilled. (laughs) I'm thrilled to get to talk to you. That is, it's so cool. 
Okay, well, I will see all my audience again next week. And I'm so grateful that you joined us today and looking forward to hearing from you all too. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.